It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars, a Monday edition of the show. A lot to get to on today's podcast, talking BYU basketball. They will not be participating in the postseason. Their final game was a blowout at the hands of San Diego in the West Coast Conference quarterfinals. We'll discuss that, as well as the good news about the women's basketball team. They're about to find out where they're going in the NCAA tournament later on this afternoon slash evening. We'll talk about that as well here in this first segment. Second segment of the show. It is day eight of BYU Spring Ball. I had a chance to speak with BYU safety Austin Kofensis, talk about him playing on the defensive side of the ball, his progress there, as well as some of the other things he's doing to help the BYU football program. We'll play that interview for you in the second segment, as we always do on Mondays in the final segment of the podcast. We'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports. So there you go. Rundown of today's show. Let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for March 18th, 2019. All right, guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Always a pleasure to bring this podcast to you guys each and every day. Hope you guys are all having a great day. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at DraftKings.com. We'll tell you what they're offering our our listeners here in a little bit. But we're going to start off today with the, I, I guess you could call it disappointing news. BYU basketball will not be participating in the postseason. A statement coming out from BYU Athletic Athletic Director Tom Homo last night uh, reading, the primary focus of BYU basketball programs is to qualify for the NCAA tournament or as a secondary option, the National Invitation Tournament. With that in mind, we have determined that our men's basketball team will not participate in the other postseason events postseason events this year unquote so a lot of people wondering if BYU would be willing to put up the money to play in the CBI which is $50,000 or more to participate in that tournament it's not going to happen so the lasting legacy of the 2018-19 basketball season for BYU basketball is Dave Rose's run of 21 seasons is over. The Cougars finish with a 19-13 and overall record. Uh, tough way to go out, especially when that was that blowout loss that they took at the hands of the San Diego Toreros in the West Coast Conference Tournament quarterfinals. Down by as many as, down by as, many as 44 points in that game. Team didn't show up and... Yeah, uh, plain and simple, BYU season is done, and I'm at a loss because we heard some rumblings that uh, BYU may be making some staff changes this offseason. I don't know if that's going to come true. I know a lot of people are asking for Dave Rose to step down or to be fired. They feel like the program has really, really regressed in the last four to five years, and they feel like he should step aside and make way for some new blood in the coaching staff with BYU. Um, everything I am told and understand is that Dave Rose wants to remain as the coach at BYU. He signed that contract extension in November through 2020. 21. So he's got some um, some more time and money left on his deal with BYU, and I don't think BYU's going to buy him out of anything. So 
I think Dave Rose will will remain. I don't know in terms of his assistant coaches who's going to stay on, who might go if he decides to keep everybody on board. But something's got to change with this BYU basketball program. There's going to be significant roster turnover this year. Seniors in Luke Worthington and McKay Cannon graduate. Uh, Worthington's told uh, reporters that he is going to remain as a graduate assistant next year. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes for him. But he won't be participating on the court playing for BYU. Uh, he also likely are going to use lose Yoli Childs. Um, I, I, the very minimum, Yoli Childs is going to declare for the NBA draft. I'm assuming he's going to sign an agent and he'll end his collegiate eligibility but if BYU is lucky he might just enter the NBA draft process without an agent once again evaluate where his prospects are and then decide to remain in the draft pursue professional basketball or come back to BYU but that's a pipe dream at this point from everything I understand it's expected that he is going to go pro whether that's in the NBA or overseas I would tend to think he's gonna have to go prove himself overseas or at the very minimum play in the G League for a time before he can prove that he can play in the NBA he's really got to improve that outside three-point shot so there's going to be some interesting times ahead for BYU basketball and something's broken plain and simple I'll, I'll say it right now there's something broken in the BYU basketball program whether that is Dave Rose is nearing the end his players feel it and they're not buying in could be one thing. I don't know what it is, but there's something broken. Uh, the recruiting class BYU is bringing in with Shengja Lee and also Bernardo Da Silva, two big guys to come in and will actually be able to play right away, hopefully, because with losing Yoli Childs and Luke Worthington, that leaves your BYU's front front line, the front court, extremely thin once again going into next season. So something's got to change. I don't know what it is. I don't have the answer. If I did, I'd be on the BYU basketball staff. I'd be on in the BYU athletic department. I don't have that, but something is broken in that BYU basketball program, and they've got to figure it out. Uh, TJ Hawes, Nick Emery come back next year for their senior seasons. I know the 2019 and 2020, so the 2018, 2019, and 2019-2020 seasons were expected to be the years that the Lone Peak 3 were going to lead BYU to heights never before seen in BYU basketball, Final Fours and the such. Well, instead, they're not playing in a postseason in 2018-2019, and barring some incredible turnaround in 2019-20 that I haven't seen, they're probably not going to the NCAA tournament next year. NIT maybe, but they're not doing that. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a tough deal if you're a BYU basketball for program, if you're a fan of the BYU basketball program, excuse me. But something's got to give, plain and simple. The good news is on the other side, the women's basketball program, it's smooth sailing ahead. Uh Jeff Judkins has got a really young basketball team in terms of just their eligibility. He's got a lot of young sophomore and freshman players who are contributing at an extremely high level. They'll find out where exactly they're going to go in the NCAA tournament today. Uh, Charlie Cream, who does the bracketology for the women's NCAA tournament on ESPNW.com. He currently has BYU as a seven seed playing the uh, Missouri Valley uh, Conference champion, Missouri State. They upset Drake in their conference tournament, finished second in the regular season. So they have BYU playing in a 7-10 matchup with Missouri State in Iowa City. Um, wouldn't be a bad draw for BYU. You'd pr- preferably like to see him stay out here in the West, but there's not very many Western um, 
uh, regionals in the women's basketball tournament. There is Eugene, Oregon, and Corvallis, Oregon. So you can go to the Pacific Northwest. There's also Stanford as well. So they're all on the West Coast. But BYU going to Iowa City seems like an interesting matchup. Two conference champions in terms of conference tournament champions, BYU and Missouri State. Uh, those two teams, Missouri State finished second in the Missouri Valley Conference. BYU finished second in the West Coast Conference in the regular season. But both teams upset Ranked teams, speaking of Missouri State, upsetting number 21 Drake in the MVC final and BYU upsetting Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference Tournament final. Um, Just to note, Gonzaga is actually projected as a five seed in Ames, Iowa, taking on uh, Belmont or whoever comes out of the Ohio Valley Conference. So an interesting setup uh, for BYU women's basketball. They're expected to make some runs here in the NCAA tournament over the next couple of years. Like I said, Jeff Judkins, a young team that should return intact for next year. Hopefully add a player or two and maybe put yourselves over the top. I would expect that BYU should make at least the round of 32 this year. They make it to the Sweet 16. That'd be awesome. They're likely to face number two Iowa out of the Big Ten in the round of 32 based on the projections with Charlie Cream, but we will officially know where they're going tonight. So I think the good news is BYU women's basketball is smooth sailing ahead. Meanwhile, BYU men's basketball, something's got to give. Something's got to change. I don't know what you can do necessarily, though, because you're going to have a very thin guard line next year. I know that Jesse Wade becomes eligible next year and the sharpshooter out of Davis High School, the former Gonzaga um, transfer, is expected to take a large role on offense for BYU. At least that's the hope because you're losing Yoli Childs. He averaged over 21 points a game. You've got to replace that somehow. And Nick Emery, we'll see. It, it, it's interesting. There's a contrast of two things going on here. You're finally getting a senior-laden, upper-class-laden BYU men's basketball team, but things have never really looked worse since the mid-2000s when the end of Steve Cleveland's tenure, BYU dipped, and that was the last time they missed the postseason entirely. So, yeah, conversely, the women's basketball team, they've got a very young team, but they're exceeding every expectation laid upon them this year. So, an interesting conundrum going on for BYU fans. I know the BYU men's basketball makes all the headlines. Women's basketball doesn't necessarily make those headlines, but I, I'll be rooting for Jeff Judkins' team. I think it's going to be exciting to see what they can do in the in the tournament. I'm excited for them to go. We'll find out where exactly they land uh, tonight. I believe 5 o'clock Mountain Time is when the um, Selection Monday show for women's basketball is, and we'll report on that more tomorrow. Maybe have some comments from Coach Judkins and players that we can play on tomorrow's podcast as well. But it's a tough deal if you're a BYU basketball fan if you're on the men's side of things because it doesn't look like it's going to get better anytime soon. But the good news is on the women's side of things, it looks like there are some good days ahead. So it's kind of funny to see how that goes on after the projections. There were some comments made a few years ago about BYU playing in more than a couple Final Fours or the projection or an expectation, and now they're not even playing in the postseason. So tough deal if you're a BYU men's basketball fan and I, I let me know what you guys think hit me up on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch or at Locked On Cougars you also can do the same on Facebook or Instagram follow us at Locked On Cougars and let me know your thoughts I, I feel like this is just a big time disappointment for your BYU basketball fan alright coming up next we'll switch gears talk some BYU football day 8 of spring ball is today no media availability until tomorrow for day 9 but I had a chance to speak last week with Austin Kofensis BYU safety 
talk a lot about his transition to playing defense, how playing quarterback has helped him in that transition, and a whole lot more. We'll get to that next. Before we do that, though, I do want to tell you guys, we just talked about the men's basketball team and the women's basketball team for BYU. Well, of course, it is tournament time. The selection show came out yesterday from the men's bracket, and it's exciting. I love tournament time. I just love with the brackets, looking at things, projecting, filling out my brackets, see what you can do. Well, DraftKings.com is offering Locked On Cougars listeners an opportunity to win some money. You can turn up, fill out a tourney bracket at DraftKings this year. The daily leader in fantasy sports, DraftKings, has a totally free bracket with tens of thousands of dollars up for grabs. Everyone fills out a bracket during the tournament. You might as well do it on an award-winning app with tons of free prizes. For the first time ever, DraftKings is offering a bracket battle promotion with $64,000 in prizes. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm picking Duke to win it all this year. I like Michigan State as well, and I think North Carolina has been underrated all year despite them being a 1C. I think they've been overlooked. So I want you guys to make your picks here. You know how the brackets work. Before the first tip-off of the first game of the tournament, just pick the winner of every game, every round. That's all there is to it. And the best part is you can play for free with the code LOCKEDONNCAA. So that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-C-A-A. You can set up private groups for you and friends if you want to compete for bragging rights, but you can win part of that $64,000. All you need to do is go to download the draft Kings app or head to DraftKings.com now. Use that code locked on NCAA to enter the bracket battle promotion for free and compete for your share of $64,000. That's code locked on NCAA to enter the bracket battle for free only at DraftKings. The game inside the game. Check it out, guys. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back. Reminder for you guys, when you're listening to these podcasts and whenever you get in your car, all you got to do is plug your smartphone in, use that smart assistant, the Google Assistant or your Siri, whatever you have. All you got to do is tell it, play podcast Locked On Cougars, and you'll have the latest in BYU news right there as you're making your drive, whether it's to make errands, run errands, or to drop off your kids at soccer practice, or even during your daily commute to and from work. You can always be caught up on the latest news with this podcast. All you got to do is when you get in your car, simply tell your person personal assistant on your smart device, play podcast Locked on Cougars. All right, I had a chance to speak with BYU safety Austin Kofensis. A lot of people wondering why he's not moving back over to running back or playing offense for BYU. Explained that to me. He also talked a little bit about his transition to playing safety for BYU, what he enjoys about playing on the defensive side of the ball now. And even we saw late in the year last year um, some uh, goal line formations that he was actually the quarterback for. He explains that and more coming up right now on Locked On Cougars. BYU safety Austin Confensis with myself after BYU football practice. A lot of people remember you back in your days in high school. They've seen you kind of move around in your collegiate career as well. But now pretty ingrained at safety here at BYU. How do you feel roughly about halfway through spring ball things are going for you personally? 
Uh, I feel like, I mean, I just switched last year. Last year was a year of progression, kind of going from offense to defense. I did offense my whole life, right? So it's a, it's a different perspective. Even writing on the board, the X's and O's, like it's flipped. So last year was just a year of, you know, getting better, learning from our great coach, you know, Coach Hadley, Preston, and there's a lot of senior guys in there, older guys in there that um, have helped out a ton and made it a lot easier than it could have been or than it, you know, they, they just brushed me along. And we all in that, we have a great, uh, great camaraderie in that room. We all help each other out and make each other better players. So it's a great atmosphere to be a part of and it's 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 fun in there the de- defensive meeting rooms are a little different than offensive meeting rooms we listen to music you know okay. so it's just a little laid back and you just kind of go out there and react instead of know, knowing what you're doing you're reacting to what the offense is doing so it's fun it's been a big change but um, I've had a good time changing and I'm around surrounded by a, a great group of guys so it makes it a lot better you know Having played offense as long as you did in your life playing quarterback and whatnot, how does that help you now playing in the defensive secondary? So as a safety, I mean, they're kind of considered the QBs of the off or of the defense, yeah. I guess you could mm-hmm. say. You see the whole field, and it helps because uh, you kind of know there's only a certain amount of route combinations, certain amount of routes you can do before you start getting too tricky and you know really messing with timing of routes with the QB and stuff. So being around offense my whole life, I kind of was familiar with what type of routes they do, what you're going to do in first down, second down, third down, kind of tendencies like that. I know the distances, routes are ran out, so I kind of know like break points, and defense knows that too. I mean, the defensive guys have been learning, and that's that's what they study, right? So uh, they work hand in hand, but um, it's definitely helped playing quarterback because I kind of know what the offensive minds are thinking. So the biggest the biggest thing for me is just being able to do it fast yeah. being able to react to it and learn oh, okay they're doing this they're rolling out to this side these are the only routes they can do because you're cutting the field in half really so it's just like thinking quick and being able to use what I learned from offense my whole life and translate it to defense this past year and I mean I'm learning from great guys and it's helping out a ton so I it's going smoothly got a lot to work on but um I think we're getting better each and every day so the safety room has kind of made a transformation over the last year or two to where it was an underclassman heavy group, but yeah. now you guys are all moved up. Juniors, oh, yeah. seniors, Diane, Troy, all the guys out yeah. there. How has that helped you guys in terms of just working together? Sawyer's also out there yeah. now that other year. What's it been like working with those guys? The experience has been huge just because our group is pretty big. We have a lot of, like you said, we have Troy, Austin Lee, yeah. too, mm-hmm. Diane. Yeah. You got uh, Sawyer. I mean, those are all the. We got Malik. He played a little bit last year, right? Like he's still young, but he has experience on the field, and that is huge because we can all kind of talk about the. It, it's different when you're out on the field because you're able to talk about things like what you're seeing and uh, going from high school to here. You can't. You wouldn't be able to talk about those things because you just don't see it like that. So when you're when you have experience in college and you, you're older and you've been through the system, all the weight, you're just able to help out the younger guys and bounce ideas off of each other, which makes the group a lot uh, a lot stronger, I think, when we're all able to kind of you know work together and just like a, I guess you could say we're different cogs in like a, a machine, you know? Yeah, so it helps out a ton because we can all, you know, tell each other what we can work on or hey you did a great job like because we're seeing it that in, in our perspective so it's it's nice being able to have a the competition's really good because you know we're all seniors so we're all fighting right yeah but then again we're also helping each other out so that's something special that we have in that meeting group and uh makes playing safety fun 
We saw you do some offensive things last year, yeah. especially in those kind of those goal line yeah. sets and whatnot. I, it looked like to me, it, this might this is just me looking at it. Look at the double wing offense, like the yeah. old double wing. Is that kind of what it is? Um, I don't want to give away <laughs> no, okay. the Coach Sataki's uh, <laughs> okay. and Coach Lamb's That's tricks, okay. but uh, yeah, it kind of formed into that. It's it's more to just kind of cut or to put the other team off guard, yeah. cut them off guard, right? We just yeah. rush out there as if we're another special teams <laughs> group, and then we get lined up under center, and then away we go with that okay. uh, that little swing pass, I guess you could call yeah. it. But, I mean, <laughs> hey, it's just, yeah, it's tough mouth football, mano y mano, my guy against your guy. That's basically what it is, line up and beat your man. Let's so, yeah. yeah, so that's what that that kind of turned into, and we were pretty good at We went two for two last year, Yeah, I, think I so. believe, so. I don't know. We'll see this year. We'll see what they have up their sleeve. But as of right now, that's kind of what it, okay. it seems like from the outside. But there's a little bit in there. Well, that's what I was Because I saw, like, Diane Gonwoluku was yeah. on that group. So yep. the, the idea of it is just to make them think, hey, it's, this is the special teams group. And then yeah, you and then just kind of, yep, okay. exactly. Very cool. Okay, so like you said about halfway through spring ball, the rest of this time where you guys are going to be just – spring always seems to me like to me to be a development period yep. where guys are just trying out new positions mm-hmm. or learning new things. What is it going to be for you to kind of what, – what are your goals, I guess, the rest of spring? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think this year, not just – I mean, per, this is a personal goal, but mm-hmm. this is also a goal from our whole coaching staff that they've kind of talked upon yep. all of us is they want the, the players to kind of be the coaches and coach up, like, t- drills. Like, yeah. today we had individuals and we have different safeties, like the, the upperclassmen that are running the drills, right? Austin the, Lee. Yep, yeah, exactly. Austin yeah. Lee. I think Sawyer ran it today. Diane ran it a couple days ago. You know, I've come in and talked about plays. We, we each, in the meeting room, we just kind of take, I think that's what spring is all about, is kind of, because when you teach someone how to do something, it's a lot more beneficial and you retain it a lot more than just like hearing it, regurgitating it, hearing it, regurgitating it. So, that's I think that's more of a goal that I've kind of worked on is being more vocal as a safety because I mean I'm used to it being as a quarterback and on the offensive side but it's a lot different on defense and uh, just kind of getting your swagger and playing with your swagger and then you have that confidence to where you're able to yell out calls and you know what the defense is and kind of directing people around so my personal goal is to be more vocal and just kind of every play bring it that's what that's what my little mantra I guess is but as a defense and as a uh, just a team collectively we've all kind of taken it upon ourselves to coach a little bit more and be more vocal than we have in the past so all right great awesome thanks so much yeah thank you very much there you go. BYU safety Austin Confensis, and you heard him. I, he didn't want to give away too many secrets on that double wing formation, is the way I kind of describe it, where they use Diane Gunwoloku and some of these other guys in an offensive formation. But he says, yeah, they're running out there looking like they're going to be a special teams unit, but then they r- line up and run those plays. And it's a great thing for BYU, and I'm sure there's more dimensions to it than just the running plays that they showed the two times they did it in 2018. But it's a cool feature, and he's played quarterback, so he's not, he's not he's not not used to taking snaps I don't know how I don't know how to say that correctly pardon me for my bad grammar there but he's happy to be under center I know he played in shotgun most of the time in his high school career playing quarterback for Jordan High School but he's a kid that's played quarterback so at the very minimum you trust him to handle the ball so thanks to Austin Confensis for joining me you heard him talk about it he's really had to change his mindset in terms of playing safety now uh, coming downhill hitting guys but he really enjoys it by all accounts and 
Good for him. Plain and simple. He carved out a role for himself. There's going to be a big group of seniors in the safety group this year for BYU, as you heard him talk about. Sawyer Powell, uh, Troy Warner, and also Diane Gonwoloku. So there's going to be a big rotation, but the nice part is also Austin Lee. Excuse me. Also also Austin Lee in that group. The nice part is is there's a rotation of guys that can play that position, and I don't think there's going to be much of a drop-off, if any. So thanks again to Austin Confensis for joining me on the podcast. We'll have more interviews later this week once we're out at BYU football practice tomorrow and also the spring game coming up this Saturday. Go over to Provo High School, the old Provo High School, I guess I should say. They'll be practicing on the old Provo High Field there, uh, having their open scrimmage slash practice with Lavelle Edwards Stadium undergoing renovations currently to add those new concourses. All right, we'll step aside here. We'll come back on the other side, catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Locked on Cougars. As we close out this Monday edition of the show, I want to remind you guys please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. If you're new to the show, we are your daily source for all things BYU sports. Hopefully, you find it of worth and give us that five star rating, particularly if you're on Apple Podcasts. Really appreciate you guys doing that. And let me know if you guys do it. Like, guys, I've I got a standing offer. If you do it, you show me evidence of it that you've done the rating and review. I'll follow you on social media. I'll reward you. We'll follow you on Locked on Cougars and also my personal Twitter feed, Jacob C. Hatch. Happy to do that. Just send me over a screenshot or however you can prove that you've done it. Happy to follow you. All right, as we close out today's show, I want to catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports. We'll start off on the baseball diamond. BYU hosted a three-game series against Gonzaga over the weekend. Preseason favorites, the Bulldogs are in the West Coast Conference. BYU went one and two in the three-game set, losing the opening game and the bookend game four to two to the Zags. I couldn't get that big hit they needed in the final game in particular. Had opportunities to get runs and maybe win that uh, series finale, but they fall. They won the middle game 7-4, to four, so BYU is now 13-5 on the season, 1-2 in West Coast Conference play. They'll have, their, they'll have a crosstown clash game in Orem tomorrow night against UVU at Brent Brown Ballpark at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Game will be broadcast on BYU Radio, also a live stream on the WAC Digital Network. We jump over to softball here. They had a tough weekend going 0-4 in Tennessee while scoring just three runs in losses to Texas and Tennessee, who are both ranked in the top 15 nationally. BYU got run-ruled in the first two games, then battled a little bit better in the final two games. But the three runs, not a good showing if you're Gordon Eakins' team. They will take this week off before starting their home slate against UVU next Tuesday. Then they travel to Texas, and then West Coast Conference play is on deck. I'm still anticipating BYU being the class of the WCC and earning another trip to the NCAA Regionals, but they haven't played well to this point of the season. Hopefully, they can get things turned around. Men's tennis, on the other hand, lights out. They've made it 11 straight wins with a weekend sweep of Pacific and St. Mary's in West Coast Conference play. That puts them at 14-2 on the year, 3-0 in West Coast Conference 
conference play. They slid back in the rankings last week to number 25. I'm anticipating with those two wins over the weekend, hopefully they can jump up there. They're headed to the Pacific Northwest this weekend to face Gonzaga and Portland as they continue conference play. Women's tennis split their matches over the weekend, beating Portland before a narrow loss in their Deseret First dual match against Utah 4-3. They're host Gonzaga this weekend in Provo. They sit at 7-5 currently on the year. Men's volleyball. BYU men's volleyball ranked number 10 in the country. Had a great weekend. They beat number 6 Pepper 9 3-1, 3 sets to 1 to complete a strong weekend sweep at home. They beat UCLA earlier in the week. Both both teams very good. Pepperdine number 6, UCLA number 3 I believe when they came in. Team is really rounded into shape. It's the final stretch run of the season here. They'll be hosting the BYU Invite this weekend. I have three matches against Hawaii, McKendry, and Princeton. Those teams also play each other during this invite, if I'm not mistaken. It'll all be at the Smith Fieldhouse. You can go out and watch that if you want to do it. That'll be Thursday, Friday, Saturday at the Smith Fieldhouse in Provo. One final note for you is number 14 women's gymnastics wrapped up their regular season with a 196.550 score and a senior night win over Southern Utah to avenge their loss in Cedar City earlier on in the season. Good finish to the season for the women's gymnastics team. They are now host of the Mountain Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Championships this week. That'll be at the Marriott Center this weekend. So best of luck to the women gymnasts and guard young squad. All right, there you go. That's it. That's the podcast for today. Back tomorrow. We'll be out out at BYU football tomorrow evening. So we'll have some stuff on Wednesday and Thursday from that for you. Talking more about where BYU women's basketball is headed in the NCAA tournament on tomorrow's podcast. Always a lot to get, always a lot to get to on this podcast and I thank you guys for your continued support of the show reminder when you get in your car simply tell it play podcast locked on cougars and you'll always be up to date you'll be caught up on all the BYU news that you need to hear each and every day and thanks again for taking the time to download the podcast we'll catch you tomorrow this has been the locked on cougars podcast for March 18th 2019listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.